Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for the 3rd of February, 2023. All-Star Weekend is here. Travis Konechny in Toronto. And Travis Konechny going to be a part of Team McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, Sidney Crosby, Alexander Georgiev, Kirill Kaprizov, Sebastian Ajo, Tom Wilson, Jeremy Swayman, the other goaltender, Elias Lindholm, now of the Vancouver Canucks, and Oliver Bjorkstrand join Travis Konechny on Team McKinnon. So we'll see who TK gets matched up with. He did mention in a conversation I had with him yesterday, which you'll hear in a second, he might be matched up as one of his forward partners with Tom Wilson. That would be interesting for sure. But let's get right to the All-Star. I had a chance to catch up with Flyers forward Travis connecting his second All-Star game at All-Star Weekend, and here's the conversation. It is NHL All-Star Weekend. It's the All-Star break, and everybody getting a chance to get their feet back under him. But joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily is a guy who's at All-Star. TK, how cool is it to be at All-Star pretty close to home and where you grew up? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. I've been getting lots of text messages and uh, people, you know, want to link up and uh, it's pretty neat seeing uh, all the support coming from home. When you were there a couple of years ago, you're back at All-Star. Is the second time going kind of a different experience for you? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think the first time I was pretty nervous. Um, you know, I just just felt like awkward the first time going, not really knowing anybody and, and unsure how it went and, you know, the, the setup. Uh, you know, but second time around now, I kind of knew what to expect and, you know, it was a little easier knowing that I didn't have to be in the skills competition. It's one less thing I had to worry about. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a good experience. You know, TK, it's kind of funny because even as a pro hockey player, there's insecurities in the first time you go to something like that. You're going, you know, I belong here with these guys. What's it going to be like playing with? Are they going to accept me? Is, is that kind of going to happen on that I first one? I still feel that. I still feel that in this <laughs> one, you know? <laughs> That's we funny. Laughing, we were laughing, me and uh, Boone Jenner during the draft yesterday. Like, at least uh, I, I knew Boone uh, yeah. previously. So, at least we got to sit together for majority of the draft and yuck it up while the other guys were getting drafted. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, you end up on uh, Team McKinnon. So, you're with Nathan McKinnon, Cal McCarr, Sidney Crosby. Uh, you know, you look at Kirill Kaprizov uh, playing with these guys, but you got a little protection yeah. with Tom Wilson out there. Yeah, no, yeah, it'll be, uh, it looks like a fun squad. Uh, we we chatted a little bit yesterday and, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's you know, a lot of good players on that team. So see how we see how we pan out. TK, the, the combinations are always like Superman lines. Everybody does a thousand things great. What's it like playing with just like insane skill at everywhere you look? These all-star games are absurd in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll have to see uh, see uh, what they who they match me up with and, uh, you know, who has to – I'm thinking maybe me and Wilson is kind of the joke been going around. <laughs> uh, intimidating, so we'll see. Um Talk about this season for you guys. It's, you know, it's been two years for you playing under torts where, you know, your game has been so consistent. I remember last year, TK, looking at your game log and there was, you didn't end up on the score sheet two times in a row very often last year. And the same thing goes for this year. How's that consistency entered your game? Because you've been a big, you know, reliance for your team. Yeah, I've just been, I think it's like each year guys have goals, right? And, and they want to improve their game and, and, a big thing for me has been trying to implement the consistency and, you know, not go 
quiet for so long because that's you know it's part of growing up and and figuring out the nhl is you know it's it's a long year and and you can kind of get lost in a way if you if you don't do things the right way so just been trying to make it an effort to you know make a difference every night whether it's you know on the penalty kill whether it's just you know being good defensively or whether it is offensively i've just um been really working at that and i mean and the, the group we have makes it pretty easy with with all the great players we have to you know stay consistent because the guys around you are playing really well as well. TK, sometimes as you age into the league, you know you're 25, you're going to be 26 in March. Happy uh, early birthday for you! But with, as you age in and you get more leadership and you get more, you know, there's a comfort level and everything like that. Has that element of grabbing more leadership and and ownership of the team, bigger piece of that pie, been something that you think's been good for your game? Yeah, I mean, I think it's been something that I've been been trying to do. I haven't, you know, always been the guy that's going to – I mean, I talk in the room, but I talk more when, like, it's joking around and messing around with my teammates. I'm not the guy between periods who's going to step up and say something normally. I, I, I just try to do my best with showing up every day and just working hard and leading by example that way with my work ethic. And, um, yeah, there's times where, you know, I feel like I may be losing myself a little bit and – uh, you know, I remind myself that the only thing I can do is just work hard and, and do that for my teammates. And I think it's been good for me to have those reminders now that I'm kind of, you know, getting towards not an older guy on the team, but uh, someone that, you know, maybe looked uh, towards for leading by example. And you know, I take pride in it. You have a great relationship with the general manager, Danny Briere. Uh, Keith Jones comes on board. You see the, you know, the extension for a guy like Owen Tippett and Ryan Paling. And it looks like, you know, a new core is developing yeah. here. Uh, you, you want to be a part of this solution. What's the relationship been like with, with management and knowing their very clearly what their plan is? Yeah, it's been good. I mean, uh, you know, you don't, uh, you don't get the, the insider information and relationships on, you know, where they're going moving forward. But, you know, I feel like my relationships with Danny and Jones and all these guys are great. Just, you know, having breakfast, talking with these guys and kind of hearing, little bits and pieces of, uh, you know, where, you know, their heads are at as far as moving forward. And it's just really exciting to, to see the culture building again and kind of, you know, what their plan is. And yeah, it's just an exciting time to be a flyer. That's all I'll say. What's it like to bring um, your family there to, to the all-star game? Everybody's yeah, a little older now, you know? <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's been, uh, it's been, it's been pretty cool being here. I mean, it's also it's Thursday, Friday, so some of the family hasn't made it down yet. But uh, you know they'll be down here tonight, and I'll be seeing some cousins as well. So it'll be pretty neat. Awesome, TK. Enjoy the experience, man. I'm really happy for you. Your second All Star game. Have a great time up there in Toronto. We'll see you back here next week, but uh, we'll be watching this weekend. Thanks for doing this. Thanks. Have a good one. Thanks to Travis Connecty for taking the time out of what is a very busy All Star weekend, and uh, that second time around, I'm sure. He feels a lot more comfortable, but I thought it was interesting when he said um, about belonging at an all-star game with these players. And although he may have some doubts in his own mind, kind of, that this is still surreal to be at all-star games in the NHL, I got news for everybody. Travis Konechny belongs at the all-star game. He earned it the first time he went which was back in the 1920 season. That season was cut short. In that season, in a total of 66 games, he had 24 goals, 37 assists, and 61 points, which is tied for, with last year as a career high. Uh, that was in 66 games. He had the 61 last year in just 60 games played. Uh, but TK, 
this year through 50 games. He's been the Flyers MVP. I don't think there's any question about that. In 50 games, he's got 22 goals, 20 assists, 40 points or 42 points. He has a plus nine on the season. He's playing 19 minutes and 41 seconds of ice time. And how about uh, the shorthanded goals that he has this year? He's got five shorties this year. He's got eight for his career. That's eight over the last two years. And this year, when you look at his numbers, the 22 goals, he's only got two power play goals. And he's got five shorties, as I mentioned. So he's got two power play goals and five shorthanded. So he's got 15 even strength goals. He finished last year with 23. And the two years of Travis connecting under John Tortorella, I think is an interesting stat line. And this also speaks to why he deserves to be there. Frankly, I thought he deserved to be there last year. I thought he was their MVP. Kevin Hayes went. Um, Hayes was having a really good statistical season uh, up until the All-Star break and when the selections were made. And obviously the story with Kevin Hayes' brother and everything else, it, it was a good feel-good story without question. Um, and I'm not downplaying Kevin Hayes being at the All-Star game, but frankly, Konechny was better at that point last year as well. And in 110 games now played under John Tortorella, he has 53 goals, 50 assists, 103 points. Uh, he is playing an average ice time of 19 minutes and 55 seconds. And he has been a catalyst for this Flyers team. Like I said, eight shorthanded goals over the two seasons, seven power play goals over the two seasons. And one of the things I think you got to give stick taps to John Tortorella for is recognizing that Travis Konechny could be an effective penalty killer. He hadn't killed penalties prior to that, hardly at all, if at all. Didn't have a single shorthanded goal prior to last season. And that's been found money for the Flyers. That's something they didn't know they had in Travis Konechny. And, you know, we see the Owen Tippett extension. We see the Ryan Paling extension. And we, you got to think that there might be some conversations going on to extend Travis Konechny uh, after the, uh, his final year of his contract next year. Uh, but he's just been really good for uh, the Flyers and under John Tortorella. And one of those things that was talked about when the Flyers hired Torts was, oh, he's going to turn everybody into shot blockers. He's going to, you know, choke out their offensive abilities. And, you know, so those are some of the misconceptions that I believe about John Tortorella. I mean, I look at a player like Zach Warinsky who comes into the league and Warinsky is not known for his defending, uh, but is known as a guy that loves to jump up in the play. And I think that's one area where John Tortorella has really evolved as a coach and letting these players play to their strengths. Now there are some certain non-negotiables in the D zone and, you know, structurally and play without the puck in all zones. Um, and we've seen Travis Konechny suffer the wrath when he's not doing those or performing those non-negotiables. He's been benched. He he was benched earlier this season uh, at the end of a second period and into a third period against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So he is not immune to that, despite the fact that he's got 103 points and now 110 games under torts. That's accountability across the board for all players. And TK is just... I. I think so much of his game has just matured and as he's matured off the ice, you know, with his, you know, having kids and married and all of that, he's 25 years old. He's going to be 26 on March 11th. I think that 
his game is right now in the wheelhouse. He is in his prime. He knows what he is as an NHL player. I think just important as knowing what you are and what you're good at at the NHL level is also the ability with that maturity in your game to recognize what you're not. And I think that's a big element of where Travis Konechny is. He knows all the aspects, what he's good at, what he's not good at, what he needs to be better at, what he needs to do more of, what he needs to do less of. Those are all key elements, I believe, for Travis Konechny. And he's been the Flyers MVP, again, so far this season. And um, I'm really hoping that he's got a really good, good finish down the stretch. He's played all 50 games. He only played 60 last year. Had some weird injuries. Got ran into one. He was uh, picking the puck up off the wall and injured his wrist last year. It wasn't like he was injury prone and, you know, getting the knee injury and repeat injuries, those kind of things. They were just kind of freak things. So that's good. And he's been a pretty durable player over his career, but he's played all 50 this year. Can he play all 82? That's a big question. Uh, Flyers need him, absolutely need him to be their MVP down the stretch because he's their, frankly, he's their most dangerous offensive player on a team that um, doesn't have a, a ton of those guys that can create offense on their own. He's one of them. Travis, or excuse me, Owen Tippett is another one of those guys. And he's gone so many stretches where he ends up the score sheet game in and game out. He had that run, uh, a really long run, where he didn't go back-to-back -back games without a point, going all the way back to the 28th of November, all the way up until the 21st of January. That was 26 games. He had 11 goals, 16 assists, 27 points, plus seven in those 26 games, playing over 20 minutes a night. Now, coincidentally, I think as TK goes, the team goes, and he didn't have a point against Tampa, ended up with a minus three on that night, didn't have a point against Detroit, was even, uh, didn't have a point against Boston. He was a minus four in that game. Uh, so he's a big catalyst for the Flyers. Uh, for the remainder thir remaining 32 games of this season. And uh, we'll see uh, how that plays out for him and the team. So one other thing I wanted to talk about in this episode was, okay, we're 50 games in now to this whole thing. The shock of how well it's gone uh, through the first part of this season is kind of wearing off. It's not a shock anymore. We watch this team game in, game out. We see, A, how hard they play, B, the style they play, See the key contributions at key times from guys like Owen Tippett, Travis Konechny. Let's not forget about Joel Farabee. Joel Farabee's been fantastic for the Flyers this season. And then you look at the, the beginning of the season, really through the first 40 games for Travis Sanheim. He slowed down a little bit of late and hoping the break can rejuvenate Travis Sanheim a bit. Um, we've seen the development of Cam York. Obviously, the goaltending, that's a question mark now. Uh, with Hart not here, but Sam Harrison as the starter moving forward. Does Cal Peterson remain the backup? Does Felix Sanchez get called up? Do they go outside and try and find help at the goaltending position? We'll see. Uh, and then obviously we'll see what happens in about a month's time for trade deadline. Is uh, the guys on expiring deals like Nick Sealer, Sean Walker, and others, are they guys that will be moved? You know, we'll see how all that plays out. But the Flyers' shock of where they are and how they've played Okay, it's kind of an expectation at this point. 50 games in, record of 25-19-6, third spot in the Metropolitan Division. Um, they're a team that needs to be better at home. They're a game under Hockey 500 at 11-12-2 and 
on home ice. They're 14-7-4 and four on the road. They've gone and taken care of all their long and lengthy road trips, uh, going out to California or hitting uh, the Colorado, Arizona, Dallas, and they've got the Seattle, Vancouver, Alberta trip out of the way. It's all East Coast, only one game out of the time zone against Chicago coming up uh, for the remainder of this season. So travel will be a little easier, but they got to find a way to be better at home. That's going to be a key component for this push for, dare I say it, the playoffs. It is a push for the playoffs. They're in playoff position right now. And as I look at on uh, hockeyreference.com at the playoff probabilities report, and this gets updated daily, um, these are results based on a thousand simulations of the remainder of the season. We talked in an episode, I think it was last week, about the Flyers' strength of the remaining schedule, and it was the 17th hardest in the NHL. There were teams that they're battling for playoff position, like the New Jersey Devils and the New York Islanders, and the Capitals for that matter, that much harder uh, strength of of remaining schedule. So the Flyers right now, um, their calculations based on a 1,000 simulations for the remainder of the season will have the Flyers at 41.3 wins in the season when it's all said and done at 82, 31.1 losses and 9.6 overtime losses and 92.3 points. Now, you can't have a point three of a point. You can't have 41.3 of wins. We know that. But these are just the, based on the sheer math of a 1,000 simulations of their remaining 32 games and the other teams and what they will do. So the Penguins would be finishing fourth according to the simulations based on uh, uh, them being run at this point in the season at 91.9 points. So they'd be just below the Flyers. And obviously, if you're a top three team, you're in the playoffs. You're not playing for a wild card position. So if 92 points gets you the third spot in the Metro, you're in the playoffs. And then you look at uh, the teams above the Flyers, Carolina's on target according to the simulations for 100.9 points so 101 and the De- or the rangers rather are at 102 the devils outside the top 4 are on pace according to the simulation model at 89 points the islanders at 86.9 and the capitals at 85.3 so the percentage that the flyers will make the playoffs based on the simulations is 52.8% so we'll call it 53. We'll round up. Penguins are at 49%, 49.2 to be accurate, but 53% chance to make the playoffs. Now, obviously, that's basically a coin flip. And that coin flip, it to me, that feels right. It is a, about a coin flip because just like when we came into the season with our, our episode of the top 10 Flyers' biggest question marks, We go into this final 32 games with more question marks than I would prefer. There's huge question marks. Again, we don't put health into the question mark category when it comes to just standard. Are they going to stay healthy? I mean, Sean Couturier's health is a question mark. He has missed some games for maintenance or uh, some nagging injuries. How many of the 32 remaining games will Sean Couturier play? Will there be a wear down effect? on Sean Couturier after coming back this year and playing and not playing for 21 months and coming into this, we'll see. It's not a huge question mark for me, but it's a question mark. Again, the pace that we talked about um, of Travis Konechny, you know, and being a guy that 
doesn't go back-to-back games without showing up on the score sheet with a goal or an assist. Uh, <clears throat> Joel Faraby, same thing. He's had a great year. Can he continue to see that all the way through 82 games? Uh, Travis Sanheim, who we talked about, he's a guy I think that needed this break because of the heavy minutes he played in the beginning of the season. They started to get that under control a little bit, but does he come back from the break rejuvenated and and kind of back to the Travis Sanheim that played the first 35, 40 games of the year? Cam York's development, obviously he's a big element of that. Drysdale, what's the Drysdale effect in total on this team? If he, first he has got to stay healthy, he's got to be available. And if he can do that, What's the contributions that he brings to the table, not only five on five and defending and creating offense at even strength, but what's the effect on the power play, which has been obviously one of the biggest sore spots for this team in total this season is the power play. It's been better of late, but what is the power play going to be? And what's the Drysdale effect on the power play? Oh, and Tippett, is he coming back? And is he a guy that is going to continue to finish this year strong? Morgan Frost, another one of those questions. So we got a lot of question marks, and not to mention, obviously, I alluded to it, is the goalie position is now a question mark. I think the Flyers have three more back-to-backs the remainder of the season. But of those 32 games, Sam Erson can't play 29 of them. That's too much. So you have, in this league, you have to play two goalies. Who is the other goalie? Is it Cal Peterson? Is it Felix Sandstrom? We'll see who that is and what is the quality per start or of start that they're going to give. Because we've seen situations this year where when you had two goaltenders playing well and Sam Harrison came in, maybe in a disadvantageous position, but gave his team a chance, kept a minute long enough for them to find a way to win some of those games. That's why the record is where it is. It's a big part of the equation. Um, So there are a considerable amount of question marks and that coin flip to make the playoffs here as we sit through 50 games feels about right. But the best part is this. Well, two things. Let me start with this one. The The two elements that make this fantastic is, number one, with a coin flip, slightly more than a coin flip chance to make the playoffs for the remainder of this season, we are going to learn so much about a lot of guys. A lot of guys. Because this is pushing for the playoffs, it's, that's high drama, that's a lot of pressure, and you want to see how the players, young players in particular, perform, how they perform as a team, how they stick together, how they get through this final 32 games of incredibly intense hockey. The hockey, let's face it, the hockey that remains in this season is going to be a lot more intense than maybe the hockey that we've seen so far this season. So we'll learn a tremendous amount. And that is fantastic as you're in a rebuild and you're trying to figure out who's part of it long-term, who's not, and all of that and everything in between. That's incredibly important. And then the other element is, is go back to the unexpected nature of this season and the shock is worn off, but damn, 32 games to push to the playoffs. Like the first round of the playoffs in the NHL might be the best two weeks in sport, at least for me. I mean, the first round is bananas. And we watch it in these years that the Flyers didn't make it. And we're like, damn, this is so, this hockey is so fun to watch. I want the team that I'm invested in 
to be in it. So you got this push now, 32 games. We've all needed this break. We need to just like kind of take a deep breath, kind of chill out a minute, get our feet, legs back under us for this playoff push. Well, it's just about here. It's going to start on Tuesday in Florida, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And if they push and make the playoffs, I'm not saying what they're going to do in the playoffs. I don't know. But, damn, this is fun. It means something again. And it's still in the process of this rebuild. If they make the playoffs, that doesn't mean it's not a rebuild year. A rebuild is defined by how management and the organization conduct themselves in roster building and both short, medium, and long-term. That's what a rebuild is. And you can make the playoffs in a rebuild. You cannot make the playoffs in a rebuild. You can do both. You can make the playoffs and get bounced in the first round. You can make the playoffs, get bounced in the second round, still be in a rebuild. That's not, it, it doesn't, re, a rebuild does not require you to draft in the top five, especially when I see players like David Posternock dra- drafted 25th, or I see Nikita Kucherov, ta- Nikita Kucherov taken in the second round, or Braden Point taken in the third round, or Kirill Kaprizov taken in the sixth, what, sixth or seventh round. You can still be in a rebuild without missing the playoffs terribly and ending up in the top five in the NHL draft lottery. So we'll see where all this goes, but it's going to be fun. A couple more days to rest up, and then we get after it again. Then we want, then we will watch this team down the stretch. I think it's going to be incredibly intriguing. You're going to see teams like Toronto. going to see Boston a couple more times. going to see Tampa. going to see the Rangers, the Islanders, Devils at the stadium series. Damn, that's fun. I can't wait for all this to get started again. Although, I'm going to enjoy the last couple of days. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll be back tomorrow with yet another brand new Flyers Daily.